When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods, hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beard. Let's get to it, New York. Let's begin with uh, the, the, the 04 that happened in Florida. So the Knicks come up empty on their two-game swing in the Sunshine State. The Knicks lost to Miami Wednesday night, then followed that up with a 111-106 loss to the Magic on Thursday. The Knicks suffered their loss uh, without Jalen Brunson playing. He was out on Thursday. He suffered a sprained right hand. So he's not playing that game against the Magic. Knicks go down. They were uh, down by as much as 19 points in the first half. Uh, Knicks would head into the fourth quarter tied after making a nice little run in the third quarter. But Orlando would drain seven out of eight back-breaking threes in the final period to put the Knicks away. Quinn Grimes continues to play extremely well. Uh, back-to-back game for had big ones. He had 25 in this one. Emmanuel quickly also had 25 in this game. Julius Randle had 23 points, 7 for 20 of shooting. He, he was hit for a, tech, a technical foul for the third game in a row in which he got a tech. Uh, this one came right after the end of the first half, where he once again had to be restrained by multiple teammates, including IQ. The two men ended up going almost nose to nose as IQ was trying to separate him from the referee. Randall then got upset with IQ and started yelling at him. And then they had to be separated by uh, Johnny Bryan and teammates as they headed into the locker room. So uh, Knicks lose this one. Knicks also seem to lose their composure in this one in Orlando. So I want to start there because we can talk plenty about what went wrong, you know, with the team in terms of the actual on-court play. But I think Julius Randle and, and what we're seeing from him is the lead right now because this is essentially some of the stuff we saw last season, which Tommy mentioned, essentially torpedoed the season. Um, lack of focus, complain too much to the, to the refs, not understanding when he has to stop complaining to the refs and then uh, being totally willing to essentially square up against his teammates, square up against his coaches, anybody who tries to get in his way. And um, and this was a, a, a really ugly scene you saw at the end of that first half. Is it time to be concerned, Tommy, about Julius Randle and his emotional uh, position and his temper at this point in the season? Yeah, I, I think it's fair to to be concerned. Um, as you mentioned, three games in a row with with the technical, um, you know, and I was thinking even dating back to that um, breakdown at the end of the third quarter in the in the Clippers game in Los Angeles. That's yeah. that the Friday night, Saturday night when they Saturday night, yeah, in, in L.A. Um, you know that the Knicks were leading, you know, with like 0.3 seconds left in the quarter. Randall gets hit with the tech, um, has an outburst, explodes on the sideline, pushing and shoving um, teammates and coaches um, to to get at the referee. Um, you know, and and you know, all throughout the the, the winning streak, and we've I mean, we've seen a bunch of them. Um, we've talked about for basically since early December um, through early March, uh, through mid March, the Knicks were one of the best teams in the league. Um, you know, record would indicate that net rating would indicate that offensive efficiency would indicate that. And the kind of the feeling around the team was, you know, to use Brunson's catchphrase, the vibes were immaculate. Um, right, right. That kind of smiling and jovialness and happiness and 
joking and kidding around with teammates and goofing around in press conferences. And just, the, it just seemed light and happy and airy. Um, and it's the complete opposite this week. So, you know, what, whether it's the age old question, does, does winning, you know, pr- produce happiness or does happiness result from winning um, or is right. it the other way around? Um, yeah. We've seen that this week that there's a kind of dark cloud hanging over the team, that, you know, and it's not just the three losses. Um, it's Randall's increasing, you know, uh, basically uh, kind of walking on that edge because you understand he's a competitive athlete. Um, it's one of the reasons why he's a great basketball player because he plays with, with such a hard edge. Um, but it's, it's obviously now tipping toward the side where it's counterproductive. Um, and that's yelling at teammates. Listen, you can go after refs from time to time. Every great player has every great player will um, certainly no one's going to get too overly concerned about that. But when it happens consistently, that's a concern. When you start getting into it with teammates, when they're just trying to do what's best for the team and for the individual, which is extradite him from the situation, separate him from the, uh, from the dispute with the referee. You made your point. You got your tech. Now I'm going to usher you away. Um, you shouldn't have got a tech in the first place, but now I'm going to usher you yeah. away so you don't get two techs and we can win a game. That's an important game that can, you know, will help us make the playoffs, et cetera. Um, so for him to, to, to react the way he did towards uh, quickly um, was, was inexcusable. And now we have the situation where we've been time and time again, dating back to the start of last season, basically since Tibbs tenure, where the head coach refuses to hold the star player accountable. So in a way, we shouldn't be shocked that that Tibbs did not come out and call out Randall for his behavior. Didn't bench him at any point in the second half. Um, you know, didn't say that, you know, uh, you know, this is unacceptable. We can't have this. This will not continue, et cetera. Soft shoot around it basically said, listen, guys get emotional. Um, the thing that I, the, the thing what I thought about um, was, his uh, and I looked back and I and I looked at the actual quotes themselves. December eleventh in a victory over the Kings at the Garden. It was a Sunday. Uh, Randall gets ejected. Uh, third quarter gets two quick checks. Um, uh, went after referee Leon Woods. Um, it's similar. He's yep. barreling, you know, through teammates. Gets two quick texts. Gets the first one. Still complains. Gets yep, a second. I remember that. After yep. the game, and this is Tibbs' quote. Let me let me bring it up so I so I, so I have it precisely. Um, this is Tibbs' quote. I get the frustration. It was a physical game, and he got hammered on the play. Thibodeau said Sunday evening. Um, he continued when, but when a guy gets frustrated, we got to make sure we help. Thibodeau said when he got his first tech, we have to do a better job of helping him walk away as a team, staff, all of us. Go grab him. It's a dead ball. Um, so for Tibbs to request that and for IQ to do that and for Randall to react the way he did and for, and for Thibodeau not to call out that behavior after this game, again, um, I'm not surprised by it, unfortunately. Um, but I still think it needs to be stated, um, that it's, that's, that's not a good sign. Um, and it's, it's, I think it's counterproductive. Um, the quote that Tibbs used last night, um, when he kind of downplayed it was again, um, you know, ba- basically calling it, you know, it's an emotional game. Um, you know, guys get frustrated, etc. Um, and he said, let me get the quote here. Um, called it Id- idiosyncrasies. Um, there's emotion, here's the quote, there's emotion involved. So you want to get the emotion out. This is what he was talking about, um, the Knicks locker room was closed for 40 minutes after the game. And Randall, by the way, Randall did not make himself available to the media, which is another. Of course. Which is of another course. Thing, 
that was an issue last year. Um, Tibbs quote, um, there's emotion involved, so you want to get the emotion out of it, Thibodeau said. And then sometimes when you talk, it clears the air, so that's good. You allow for idiosyncrasies as long as it doesn't get in the way of winning. Nothing get in the way of winning. The team always has to come first, and so everyone's responsible for that. The issue is Randall's idiosyncrasies are getting in the way of winning. They got yeah. in the way of winning last year, and you don't want to get them in the way of winning this year because the Knicks have a chance to do something special. I'll tell you what. This is what I love about this podcast is this is not a hot take kind of show. That's not the show me and Tommy have ever wanted to do. Um, and and we 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 come here level-headed and we we come here and we try to give our analysis as best we can um, without trying to make waves or anything like that or just cause a disturbance. But what I saw in that game made – and I hope I'm wrong. I really do. But what I saw in the game and what I saw in the post game, it made me feel like the Knicks will never win anything of value with Tom Thibodeau and Julius Randle as two of their three leaders, because there is no leadership when it comes to these men, at least not consistent leadership when it comes to Julius. And I understand he's not getting calls that he probably should be getting. He's an extremely physical player and he watches other star players, players that quite frankly, he's playing on their level, um, get calls that he doesn't regularly get. Sometimes he gets them, but a lot of games he doesn't is entirely frustrating. That is fine. But the problem is, in some ways, I almost think he thinks he's so good that he's like Luka Doncic, where like, hey, like Luka, they let him just go after the rest however they want. It doesn't matter how, how often he goes after the any text he gets. It doesn't matter because any moment he can get 60, 10, and 10. So they say, hey, you're going to just let that go, and we'll talk to him about it, but then there's really nothing else you can do. True. Randall is a good player, but he's not Luka Doncic. He's not some of these up in the Kevin Durant. He's not one of these upper echelon guys. And he thinks that he has that carte blanche to say, I can go out to the rest like that because I am an all-star. I am going to make another all-NBA team. So, like, yeah, I'm going to get my technical files. I'm going to get my stuff off. And people have got to deal with it. And when and the problem is this is a Knicks team that while they do have a lot of talent, I've talked about how much talent I think they have, they're great because they are a team, that he is a component on a team. He's one of these star players on this team. And the, the to see him go after those rest, and I'm watching this game, and I'm like, dude, you're going to get teed up. You may get thrown out, like, the way you're going. Just chill. And he gets the tech, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, Knicks, actually, that first half was a disaster. And thanks to Quentin Grimes, thanks to Emmanuel Quickly, they kind of found a way to make it interesting going into halftime. So for him to, once again, kind of take all that away, take all the away because of a stupid play that he just didn't have to argue the way he did, and then quickly, and Grimes doing what they need to do, which was the correct thing, was to get him away, something that we did not see last season. To their credit and to the whole coaching staff's credit, they've all done a better job of getting in front of Randall when he gets like this. And then for him to go after Randall the way he did, shout out to Emmanuel, excuse me, go after IQ the way he did, shout out to Emmanuel quickly for standing there, saying, looking at his face, saying, I'm not going anywhere, get your ass in the locker room. Because that's what he needed to hear at that moment in time. But like to see your leader act like that in a game which you don't have, your real leader in Jalen Brunson. And we've seen this now several times when Jalen Brunson doesn't play, Julius Randle goes into these fits. And I don't know if it's a mental, because he talked about his emotional mental health. I don't know if it's a mental or emotional thing where Brunson's not out there. He feels kind of all the pressure he felt last year that he kind of collapsed under. But the Clipper game, Brunson wasn't out there. This game, Brunson wasn't out there. Sacramento game, he was frustrated. Brunson wasn't out there for a lot of that game. There are these games where he has these meltdowns, and they typically seem to happen when Brunson's not out there. So I ask the question, Julius, do you only respect Jalen Brunson on this team? 
Because everybody else tries to talk to you. Everybody else tries to get you in line, and they can't seem to do it. The head coach tries to do it. You don't listen to him. You don't listen to any of your teammates. Jalen Brunson's out there. All of a sudden, you're willing to do all the right things. You want to help your teammates out. You want to be a good soldier. It seems like when he's not there, all of a sudden, you see, okay, now it's time to act up. And that's why when I look at this, I looked at that and say, man, if that even if that's your second guy you're relying on in a postseason series, that concerns me a lot. And then when I look at Tom Thibodeau, and for him not go out there, especially after losing to that Orlando Magic team, a team that you had to win, you had to beat. Um, you already lost the game to Miami. You couldn't lose three straight. And for you to not re- actually address Julius Randle and how he was acting on, in the, going to that half, how he played most of that game. Like, Paolo Bancaro was kicking his ass, okay? And that's a rookie. You had an all-NBA player, and a rookie is dominating him the way he was. And you're going to say, well, we have illegal secrecies, and as uh, long as it doesn't affect winning – he was playing terrible. That was affecting the team losing this game. He was getting technical fouls, throwing off the emotional and kind of well-being of the team with his actions. That was costing the team from winning. These two guys, like, it's just every time I want to buy in, I get this. And it makes me concerned that maybe maybe they will win a round. Maybe they will win two rounds. But will you ever really win big when it comes to winning a championship or getting to that next step with these two guys, guys you have to rely on? I just I don't believe that today. And that's and again, this is not a hot take show. That's not how I normally feel, but that's how I came in today's episode. Like I saw that. I'm like, you're never gonna win anything if, if these are your guys. If this guy's getting a technical foul at halftime, we were down by 10 against the Orlando Magic, and then gives a no-show in the second half against guarding Paolo Bancaro. And then the coach is like, Oh, well, you know, we just gotta get get on the same page. Like it, it, the lack of 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 urgency, not just from these two guys, but the entire team over the last few games has been annoying because I feel like this is a team that kind of knows they're good. So now they're kind of thinking they can kind of just roll the ball out and play. Like they can get behind 10, 15 points. They can play defense. Sometimes the shot quality they have, you know, possession by possession doesn't matter. It can turn the ball over that 17 turnovers again, back-to-back games with a turn the ball over left and right. Like they're not playing like a team that thinks that knows they're good. And to some degree they are, but the margin for error still isn't that big where they can keep acting they have been acting so terrible, terrible night from Julius Randle, terrible night from Tom Thibodeau, and 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 next hour in a little rough patch. They got to get this right when they play against Houston on Monday. Bingo! I, I think that's a really good point when you talk about the Knicks' confidence level and just seemingly think, ah, it's the magic. You know, we have a slow first quarter, we'll get it together, and then we'll, you know, we got a great record, we'll take care of it. You know, the reason the Knicks have a good record, and then these, the reason the Knicks have been one of the better teams in the league, is because they approach every possession like life or death. That they, you know, that they that they play as a team. That they understand the Knicks have such a small of all the good teams in the league. They have the smallest margin of error. All the teams in the, you know, that those top five teams in the East, the Knicks have by far the the, the least amount of leeway. Um, so that's why a point a game, you know, on, on each technical matters, you know, when you, tra- yeah. when you, the Knicks haven't secured anything yet. Um, you know, Randall's had a two is about to have his second all NBA season. He has one playoff win to show for it. Um, you know, it, ultimately that's where you want to, that, that, that's where, you know, you're going to be judged, um, is by your success in the postseason. In addition to, um, your consistency during the regular season, which we've given credit for, um, you're right. When it comes to the postseason, can uh, the IQ and Grimes and Barrett and Brunson feel confident 
that because the only all that's going to happen in the playoffs is the pressure is going to get ratcheted up and exactly. up. And if you win in the first game of the first round is going to be pressure packed. The fifth game of the first round is going to be more so. The second round, all listen, it, it, it doesn't take a lot to figure out that the the, 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 the the it's only going to get ratcheted up more and more and more as the Knicks continue to advance. Can the Knicks teammates feel confident in their ability of their most talented player to keep his cool when the chips get pushed in the middle of the table? And that's all, you know, that, and that's a question right now. Um, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Um, but, uh, you know, it, but even getting to the playoffs first, you got to get to the playoffs. The Knicks right. are just a, a game and a half ahead of Miami right now. Um, and, and, and the Heat are playing Brooklyn, uh, in uh, on Saturday night. And then we have next Wednesday's game at the garden, um, Knicks first heat, which, you know, could very well, again, that's the season series is two one. Um, if the Knicks lose that game, it'll be two, two Knicks will lose the tiebreaker because Atlanta's the next tiebreaker is division, you know, division record. The, uh, the, uh, the heat are going to be win their division which means if they beat the knicks at the garden uh it'll be 2-2 and they'll have the season tiebreaker which means if mm. the season if they end with the same record they'll get the five seed out of the knicks so um yeah. that's why this game in orlando was so important that's why this game on monday um against the rockets will be is so important fortunately for new york they have three days off now take a deep breath you know yeah. do, do, do some yoga um relax a little bit i'm interested to see how the team how randall and tibbs and the team handles um the the post practice you know media sessions over the next few days um iq to his credit said the right thing didn't you know didn't make it a bigger deal um lesser people lesser players would have said listen don't get in my face i'm a grown man you know respect <laughs> right. me maybe, yeah. and maybe that was said in the locker room in private um but uh at some point in time randall's got to figure out um you know what he wants to be remembered by during his time in New York, a great player with attitude and, and, and emotional issues or somebody who helped lead the Knicks to a, a really impressive season and maybe a playoff round or two. Yeah. And, and I don't want to let the rest of the guys off the hook that aren't IQ or Grimes. Cause those guys played really well. IQ was really good in the second half, but um, really not enough from a lot of guys in this game. First of all, the defense defense is falling apart. I mean, we saw Miami, a team that, is terrible from three, light them up from three. We saw Orlando uh, in the fourth quarter make seven threes. Gary Harris let me, going off. Let me give you let me give you some numbers here, EJ. Yeah. Last fourth quarter of the last three games. So that's the Kings lost, the Heat lost, and the Magic lost. Three games this week, three fourth quarters. Knicks opponents, those those three teams are shooting 62% from the floor and 76% from three-point territory in the fourth quarter. 16 of 21, unacceptable. And these guys, and these are good shots. Like it's not like yeah. these teams, you know, it's not like they're playing Dame Lillard or Steph Curry. These guys are, you know, breaking the guy off the dribble and pulling from thirty. And you're like, all right, there's nothing you can do about that. Like these teams are just kind of running their offense. Um, they're making some nice wrinkles in their offense. Shout out to uh, uh Ben Ritholtz. He did a really good job of breaking down the, the how the the Timberwolves got so many open looks in that game. Like they're just they're just running their offense. They're just running their sets. And it, I don't know if it's if we're hitting that wall with the fatigue where the Knicks can't run their defense, I feel like the way they play defense kind of allows threes, unfortunately. Like, I think, like, they play so much drop, um, and they kind of rely on really effort. Like, to me, like, you know, Tim says all the time, like, it's, it's a system where, like, you know, you can't tell if it's not working if you're not giving maximum effort. I think it's kind of a flawed way to think about defense, but this is how he thinks about how they play this defense. And for the most part, the season Knicks have given maximum effort. That's why – They've been uh, – I know we kind of complain about the three ball, but to be honest, like every team complains about defending the three because everybody shoots threes. Knicks defensively, either defensive metrics when it comes to the three-point line, really good. I think that they're like seventh in the three-point field goal percentage allowed. So 
Um, they've guarded the three pretty well. It was just made people, people would surprise some people comparative to the league. But this this last stretch has been in an anomaly for sure. And like you said, it's coming in the fourth quarter, so it does make you wonder if uh, if fatigue is something to do with it. I don't know. But it, the defense right now definitely falling off a, a cliff in the last three games, especially when it comes to guarding three. Um, Barrett was awful on, yep. on Thursday night. Uh, after playing really well Wednesday, um, you know, he t- sort of fell apart. Um, uh, five turnovers, uh, three of 12 from the floor. Um, the Knicks needed him, um, especially with Brunson out. That's kind, kind of where you expect RJ to step up as, as he's more comfortable in that second role as opposed to that, that tertiary third option. Um, but he just couldn't get it going. Um, Obi Toppin played terribly uh, Thursday yeah. night. He, he was minus 25 in, in limited minutes off the bench. Um, so, uh, yeah, those those two guys. Uh, um, and IQ didn't even play all that one the first half, a lot of turnovers. Then he turned it on in the second half. Um, yeah. One really good uh, uh, thing takeaway from the last two days um, is Grimes. Two, uh, first time in his career, back-to-back 20-point games, um, shooting the lights out, uh, dishing the ball, hasn't committed a turnover in the past two games, um, playing well defensively, just everything you could hope for um, from Grimes, we've seen it, um, and we didn't see it for a couple weeks there. So hopefully, um, he settles into a nice level of consistency because we've seen Grimes have great games, and then he'll take yeah. three field goal attempts, you know, over over four game stretch. So um, let's hope he can kind of continue on that path going forward. Yeah, Grimes has to find a way, and it's on. I'm putting the onus on Jalen Brunson on this. Honestly, they got to find a way to get Grimes to play this way, and Brunson's out there. Because remember, the last big game he had. I mean, he played great the last game too. But the other big game he had of late was in the Sacramento game. And, again, Jalen Brunson went out <laughs> in that game. Uh, there there have been a lot, several games this year when Brunson's not out there, Grimes gets more shots, he gets more aggressive, and then he puts up these performances. Um, we know Brunson is a great floor general, but he's more of a score for his yeah. first guard. Yeah. At, he's got to find a way to get Grimes involved, get him shots. Because when he gets shots, he you tend to get your fruit of your labor with him. Like, he, he tends to produce, you know. Um, he's always going to play defense. He's always going to play hard. But in order for him to really kind of maximize his value when he's out there, he has to be able to get some looks and knockdown shot opportunity. It can't be, you know, two or three attempts. You know, a shooter isn't really going to be able to, especially because I don't know if the defense is necessarily respecting Grimes, like a Steve Novak or like even like a Duncan Robinson type where they're like, they're like face guarding him. So therefore him just be on the court creates gravity. I think that they respect him as a shooter, but I think they're kind of guarding him more like they guard most other three and D kind of guys. So if that's the case, you got to actually get him involved in order for that value to be uh, affected or felt in the offense. Otherwise he's just standing out there. So uh, I think when Grimes gets back in the lineup, excuse me, Grimes gets back in the lineup, they got to keep uh, getting Grimes ball, keep getting him uh, chances to be aggressive. And the other value of Grimes' game is unlike a Duncan Robinson or, or some of these other strictly Novak spot-up shooters, yes. is he can put the ball on the floor, get into the heart of the defense, exactly. and create opportunities for himself and or his teammates. Um, so that's another reason why, you know, it's not like it's a black hole or, you know, you're just looking to, to tally up assists. Like, you put pressure on the defense um, in, in many different ways. So it, it really would benefit. The, the Knicks are just a better team when they're more balanced offensively. We saw Randall scored 57, they lost. Um, yeah. We've seen some of these other, you know, high-scoring games. Um, Knicks are at their best when, um, you know, RJ is taking 12 shots, 14 shots and, and hitting half of them. Um, you know, uh, Randall, to his credit, is passing the ball, and he's done that uh, even even yeah. on that he's struggling offensively. Um, but you're right. The Knicks and Tibbs and Randall and Brunson all need to make a concerted effort um, to keep Grimes involved offensively um, because, one, he deserves it because of the work he puts on the defensive end. Same with Mitch Robinson. Also, shout out to Mitch Rob. Um, 
looked like he he was clearly less than 100 percent last yeah, night. Yeah, he battled. He battled through that. He battled. He was dragging his leg around a little bit, um, but still, you know, four block shots, plenty of rebounds. Hardenstein was good defensively as well. Um, but uh, yeah, you just need to to. Uh, but but back to the Grimes point. Um, it just it, it makes all the sense in the world. Um, you know, because especially over seven game series, um, they're going to wall off those Jalen Brunson drives. They're going to you know run two guys at, at at Randall when he gets hot by keeping Grimes involved throughout the game. Um, it's not like he, you have to rely on him to hit that one clutch three pointer uh, in the fourth quarter. If he's got if he's in more of a flow, it's more likely to go in. Yeah, exactly. So Grimes really solid game. Also very happy to see him take attacking the basket, looking to score, not just pass. I think that yep. now you're seeing the best of both worlds. He has 25 points. He still has six assists. There was a time there where he was driving, looking to pass, and he started getting turnovers. He had no turnovers last night. So a, a great game with him. Um, we mentioned IQ and how he played the second half, but overall, a uh, terrible loss for the Knicks, and they now um, head into what I think may be a must-win. About last time, that here coming up, so 